This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231, and you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we'll give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Oh, did I give out the wrong number? I think I did. I wasn't paying attention. It's one eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero free. You guys got to catch me on that one. I, I didn't know you had a I've new number. This, I, I've got the same problem you've got, yeah. Ian. I'm trying to learn a new number, too. Yeah. Shame it's on me. It's going to take us more than a week. I, I think it is. <laughs> one 855 That's the brand new call-in number. If you're using the old number, that is not going to work for you. It might ring in somewhere, but it's not going to ring in to us. So uh, 1-855-450-FREE. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. There's lots to discuss, including a story that uh, we never had a chance to touch on last night. The uh, raw food raid. It has apparently happened again uh, and apparently it's happened to the same place that it happened to last time. I remember we talked about a, a store in California where uh, Rawson Foods? Yes. Where the cops... Was that the milk raid? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They came in and they they confiscated raw milk from a raw food store, an organic kind you know, of... Isn't it so absurd that the cops would come in with guns drawn, ready to shoot down these bad guys like it's the Wild West, and yeah. they're, they're, they're seizing milk? I yeah, mean, milk. Is. It really is absurd. And I just what's most amazing is that these cops are going along with it. I mean, you sometimes you can talk to a police officer and you can ask them the question, well, you know, where would you draw the line? What what would you finally refuse to enforce? What what would it be that your boss were to tell you, your commanding officer were to tell you that you would say, Whoa, that's too far. You know, what what would that issue be you know, for you? I, Apparently, it's not taking milk out of people's hands. Right. I'd like to hear that that meeting before they came in, before the raid happened. You know, I, mm-hmm. I want to hear. I want to be a fly on the wall in that that sort of police room where they go over. Okay, here's the entrances, and and if they have any dogs, be sure to shoot them before uh, they bite you or whatever. Uh, obviously, a joke there. But um, you know that that meeting of of if was there any dissent? Was there any officers that said, well, really, we're going to go after these guys for milk? Or was there any sort of questioning at all? Or were they all just like pumping each other up, slapping each other on the chest? Yeah, come on, let's go! <laughs> let's get them hippies! <laughs> um, you know, the, when the first story came out, I think that to some extent the news media, ourselves included, were somewhat uh, misled by the, the Rossum folks. Um, this isn't a what this isn't a raid on an establishment selling raw milk. This is a raid on an establishment selling raw milk without a permit. So I, oh. I support their right to sell what they wish, and I don't believe that a person needs permission to mm-hmm. sell things. But I do think that this is easier to sell to the public and to the cops that are enforcing this law as a permit issue, not as a, a freedom to sell and consume raw milk issue. Do you know what I mean? I see where you're coming from. So you feel like the public's view of this is going to be pro-police? Um, I think that I think that it gets muddled uh, when when you when you have a permit when, when there's a permit issue. I think it's a shame that people would be muddled by this because it seems pretty clear to me the idea that you would need a permit to sell uh, milk to people is is pretty absurd. Well, but I, I people are so used to they being are, permitted. Exactly, exactly indoctrinated, and you you hear like coworkers talk about, oh, I want to do this thing to my uh, my lawn or my deck. You know, a lot of people build decks, and so you mm-hmm. always have oh, I got to get this permit to build this deck, and I got to get this permit to extend my foundation for this. Uh, uh, you know this this uh, stairwell that leads into my home or whatever it is. You know, so it's it's so commonplace to get permits. 
that I think Mark is 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 onto something by by saying this newspeak around the permit idea definitely sells it a lot better than than uh, what it really is. Right. And the last line in the story, and I'll, I'll I'll get to the story here in a second, but the last line in the story is that in California it is legal to sell raw milk, but a permit is needed, and according to realmilk.com, the milk must also meet a certain standard, uh, according to the you know, California standard, which mostly is being paid for and putting a sticker, I'm sure, on, mm-hmm. uh, before being offered to the public, and a warning label is required. So, therefore, that's, you know, now, of I course, think- who knows what the permitting process is like, who knows what how much it costs, what kind of hoops they demand that you jump through, how difficult it is to get your hands on this permit. Well, for all permit, we know, they're, they're restricting the number of people that have these permits so as to benefit right. those who are politically connected. Yeah, yeah. Permit is just an opportunity for the government to say no, as far as I'm concerned. That's right. Yeah, it's a permit. It's right. permission. Right. And if you need permission to do something, you're not free to do it. No. Nope. Which means that in California, and frankly, a- around the United States, you're not free to engage in business, um, in, in this case, the business of selling raw milk from one person to another. Rawsome Foods is a private market in Venice, California. It's been raided a second time by federal agents. Initial reports from naturalnews.com reveal that the owner, James Stewart, has been arrested and is being held on $123,000 bail. Over a permit. Ching. It's crazy. Over a permit. I mean, what does a murderer get or a rapist? I, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Let's not go there. Let's go with a white-collar criminal. Let's go with that guy, that CEO that cost, you know, half a million people their pensions. What does he what get? What bail does he get? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, he's not charged. Less. Well, <laughs> probably less, and he can afford it. What kind of raw milk store can afford $100,000 bail? It's stunning. Uh, Evan Kleinman, Kleinman uh, good, good food producer, confirms that Stewart has been locked, uh, been booked for conspiracy to commit a crime, <laughs> and that he is not allowed to post a bond to I bail him out of jail. Sharon, he can't post his own bond, is what you're saying. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Sharon A. Palmer and Eugene... he might post a bond with all that dirty, illegal, raw milk money that yeah. he earned without permitting. Soggy money. And Eugene, <laughs> Eugenie Victoria Block of uh, Healthy Family Farms, LLC, were also arrested along with Stewart. So his supplier. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, reports the South Bandit, Pan, pa, the Pasadena wow. Patch. The farm and its owner, Palmer, are charged with producing milk without a license or oh, permit. Oh, I see. So it's just illegal from top to... It's illegal from top to bottom, then. They, the uh, people milk the cows without government permission they filled the bottles without government permission they deliver the bottles to the store without government permission the store sold them to willing buyers without government permission why didn't they just go ahead and stake out the store and id all of the customers and go ahead and round them up too they could just fill up the whole jail there with raw go. milk buyers i mean they're all illegals right <laughs> they're they're committing they're committing crimes as far as the government's concerned, and you know just keep paying your taxes, maybe everybody. They, maybe yeah, they look at it like go. drugs, and it's better to get the suppliers and not the That's users. Clearly, I mean the, the the farm and the store are more likely to be able to pay whatever fees are incurred after the trial uh, happens than the individuals buying the milk. The indignation will probably be less uh, if you get a, if you pick a bunch of people up for just buying milk. The you know the 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 outrage from the public and yeah. those people will be large. If it's just a few people, people. Will say, ah, oh, they should have got a permit, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's not my problem. That's, that's the whole idea. And, right. and, you know, this country, it's like the the idea, you know, a lot of those people that are, that are pro-state are also pro-history of this country and this great nation and our forefathers, blah, blah, blah. Our forefathers didn't have permits to sell raw milk. There you go. 
That's right. <laughs> I mean, and yet we survived and we became the most prosperous nation in the world, quote unquote. And, and we all without permits for selling milk all this time. We're, we were led astray, Mark. We should have permitted that milk. Paul Revere should have had a permit to ride that horse. That's right. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, and this is what you're talking about. You could talk about this government that's instituted from Washington, D.C., or you can talk about a government that's instituted from London by a, uh, a monarch. It really doesn't matter. It's a bunch of people you don't know that don't care about you telling you what to do. Even if you do know them, it's still, you know, in a smaller town, you can get to know who they all are, and they still want to tell you what to do. Right. In, indeed, they will. Um, let's see. The 13-count complaint against the group stems from a year-long sting operation. A year long? Yep. This is keeping us wow. all safe. Federal money, too, by the way. Yeah. According to... Uh, How much did they spend on this operation? I'm just curious. I mean, if you're if you're paying bureaucrats for an entire year, and it presumably is more than one investigator in this case, sure. uh, then you know what sort of things were they doing? Were they staking out the store? Were they going in undercover and buying they're milk? They're doing all that, and you yeah. know they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is an undercover sting operation, so they're Staking doing out all the that. farm, and every one of us was paying. This is a this is a federal yeah. federal uh, you know thing that they're doing here. Well, I don't pay federal yeah, taxes. Pay undercover investigators, is, uh, you do t- you do pay some. I pay a cell phone tax. I doubt there's much of that going to this. But uh, all that said, it, it, money's fungible, man. You're paying for the uh, you're, you're paying for this. The undercover investigators would make a purchase of raw milk, cheese, yogurt, and kefir at Rossum, even though the market allegedly did not have the proper permits for selling the unpasteurized dairy products. We'll come back with more here in a moment. Uh, 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. More coming up. You can take control. The raw milk ban. Your thoughts are welcome. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. The number for you, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, including listening options. We've got live streams around the clock. You can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live completely free at listen.freetalklive.com. Plus, get details on our 109 great radio stations that carry the show throughout the week, in addition to our satellite listening options like XM Satellite Radio, our KU Band Free-to-Air channel, the webcam, the listen lines that allow you to call from any phone. That can dial long distance. Plenty of ways for you to get Free Talk Live into your ears over at listen.freetalklive.com. With these stressful times, many of us neglect our nutritional needs and become run down. Thank goodness there's a natural supplement with everything we need. Here's Mike Buck for New Zealand's Nature Bee. Hello there, Ian. You know, you're right. And listen, gang, our lifestyle's got a lot to do with major problems. Heart disease, cancer, strokes, obesity, and that's just the short list. Here comes Nature Bee, the perfect supplement. All 27 vitamins and amino acids, 28 powerful minerals, 
The antioxidants essential for good health and a completely 100% natural organic vegetable food. The only thing in these capsules is pure plant pollen. No additives, no preservatives, and not one single chemical. I have to say, I am a fan of Nature Bee. Now, how can all of our listeners order theirs? It's so easy. You're at six-month supply. Ordering or reordering is just $99.95 plus delivery. You do it now. We get you three more months for free, 37 little pennies a day with a money-back guarantee. Now, what are you waiting for? The toll-free number to get yours is 1-866-834-8355. That's 1-866-834-8355. Or if you're enjoying Free Talk Live online, NatureBee's there at naturebee.com. He's right. The sooner you start, the sooner you too will enjoy the power of pollen. Call the toll-free B line one eight six six eight three four eighty three fifty five. That's one eight six six eight three four eighty three fifty five. Or go online to naturebee.com. All right, so our number here is one eight five five four five zero free. As we go to you and your thoughts, uh, there's more detail though on this raw food raid. It's happened again to raw some foods out in Venice Beach, California, where, as you pointed out, Mark, maybe I, I think I misspoke as I was going out to the break. There, this isn't allegedly about selling raw milk. It's about selling raw milk without a permit. So they haven't begged, they haven't groveled, they haven't uh, put money down in the bureaucrats' hands in order to be given permission, like good little serfs, to sell this raw milk. I think what they've done that's been illegal is simply the paperwork trail. What they're doing is legal in other means, and and it's and you know accepted in that culture and that marketplace as a legal transaction. But they haven't done the bureaucratic footwork necessary to do it. Their customers are happy. By the mafia. Right. right, They've got happy customers. It's just the bureaucrats are upset they haven't gotten a piece. Right. And they probably are getting a piece. They're probably getting taxes off of this. But aside from that, uh, they want money for the permit. You You didn't beg us. Now you're charged with criminal conspiracy or whatever the hell it was. Conspiracy to commit some sort of crime. 13 yeah, counts. It was. 13, 13, 13 counts. counts after uh, a year's worth of investigation on both the store and the farm that provided the milk. That's correct. Um, apparently there's been uh, objections to the raid are already mounting. Rossum's supporters have organized a protest in front of the store today. That's yesterday. Nice. Um, others encouraged people to make their voices heard by calling the California Department of Food and Agriculture. I think that's a good uh, thing to do. I mean, these It never hurts to call these bureaucrats and give them an earful of what you think about what they're doing. In July 2010, Rossum and another nearby health food store were raided by federal agents. Rossum's supply of raw milk and cheese were confiscated. By the way, they, they took this stuff and poured it down the drain. People could have consumed wow, this. what a waste. Yeah. Stephen Colbert actually spoofed the raid on the Colbert Report soon after. <laughs> Selling raw, raw milk and raw milk products is legal in California, but a permit is needed. And according to realmilk.com, the milk must also, quote-unquote, meet certain standards before being offered to the public. And I, You know, my experience with the government is that those standards tend to be that you paid us. Pretty yep. much. Let's go to Justin in Pennsylvania. Justin, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, JJ, and Mark. Hey, guys. Uh, I was listening to you uh, talk about the raw food raid yes, thing. Sir. I think that I read that article about two or three days ago when it first came out. And the one thing I noticed in there after I got over seeing blurry-eyed red from the slight rage fit I was having over it, there was a – I know that Mike Adams or a lot of the folks in, in his circle, the one that they always emphasize in like big bold letters or at least bold letters that this is an illegal raid. They always emphasize it's illegal raid, it's an illegal raid. I'm thinking to myself, the legality of it is irrelevant. You, there's no reason in the world, permit or not, that any 
group of armed people need to be pointing a gun at these people's faces and putting them in jail for doing nothing. Over milk. Uh, well, yes, milk. but you're rational. Uh, milk or not, I mean, it's... But you're a rational human being who can clearly understand the compassionate and, and consideration that's necessary in order to coexist in a society. The people that did this aren't those type of people. They are pretty much drones. I know. It just drives oh. me off the wall. And every time I think I can't be annoyed or uh, about something because I've read about it a bazillion different times from a bazillion different ways, it's just something like that. Just $123,000 of bail and he can't post his own and just, <laughs> wow. This is, and then they always emphasize, you know, it's not a, it's, it's not legal. It's, it's fully legal. legal. It's Everything legal they do is legal. They right. decide what's legal. Right. That's, the legality that's, is completely irrelevant. You just don't do that thing in a, in a proper, discerning, and a mature society filled with proper and discerning and... Now, we've know, got a long way to go until we get to a mature that society. That is not supposed to happen. <laughs> I, agreed. You know, but <laughs> laws, uh, legal, um, laws are simply crap that's written down by, quote-unquote, oh, our superiors. In this case, it's our, our superiors in, um, in, in Sacramento and our superiors in Washington, D.C. And I say our superiors because they certainly believe that that's the case. And this is where they've truly won. This is the area where they have truly staked their flag, which is the 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 forming of the language, the educating oh, yeah. of the public in the in so much as saying, well, you obviously you have to get permission from us to sell milk. I mean, obviously you have to do it. And obviously, if you don't do it, we're going to release armed people on you with uh, machine guns into your business. I mean, obviously, that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. And that's the true victory really here for them illegal i mean who's to say if some politician or group of politicians really wanted to make it illegal it's like i do just write some more crap down some more yep. pieces of paper and then the, the police or the enforcer class will do whatever they're told justin thanks for the call and the thoughts tonight i appreciate hearing from you at one eight five five four five zero free well the pot boils on the, the cops the same way it boils on the rest of us i don't think that most police would do whatever they're told but i think they would do more than sort of uh you know a lot of us would be willing to because they they get their paychecks there and they're um, you know they're indoctrinated like everybody else is indoctrinated and so therefore you know they're they're going to have some reaction and that's where the permit thing comes in you know they could just tell these cops and they can tell themselves oh yeah it's not like they they, they could sell this milk if they wanted to they're just not doing it now i don't know why they're choosing not to do it i would assume it's some principled reason um, if they could get a permit to sell this raw milk i would imagine that they would get it if it if they felt that it was the right thing to do but maybe the government has some criteria that they do something to the milk that they don't want to do i don't know or maybe it's just they don't feel like they need to beg permission to uh, to do business could be that too but yeah more coming up here at 855-450-FREE 855-450-3733 there's more free talk live on the way and of course you can bring up whatever's on your mind it's free talk live Thousands of years ago, from the time of Moses to the time of Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, and beyond, TrustedCoins.com brings you an incredible selection of authentic Greek, Biblical, Roman, and Byzantine ancient coins, all certified authentic by world-renowned numismatic expert, Ilya Zlobin. Transport yourself to the distant past now at TrustedCoins.com. Thank you. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can join us via the toll-free number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Tonight, it's Ian here. JJ. And Mark. And we invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. Get news updates, and you'll be kept in the loop about Free Talk Live. Whatever the latest is, you will know it first if you are on the news lists. And you can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whatever works best for you. That's, uh, again, news.freetalklive.com. In fact, I just sent out uh, a news update. I think it was last night about how we've got new Bitcoin wallet numbers where because I totally blew it and uh, I put some money at this mybitcoin.com, which ended up crashing and burning about a week ago. Site's been down for about a week now at this point. Uh, And I lost a bunch of money. Me too. <laughs> and I learned, you know, learned my lesson and I'm now actually operating the Bitcoin client because I was lazy before. I figured, oh, I'll just let this website take my donations for me. And I, for, I, I didn't. And they did. Yeah. I didn't take the time to take them out and put it in a secured place, which is what I had originally intended to do. Oh, yeah, I'll get to that, you know, once a week. And I never got to it. I just figured, oh, it's okay. Now it's all gone. It was fine. Yeah. Until it wasn't. And uh, and so you can, as I mentioned before, with the Bitcoin, you can look online at anybody's wallet, and you can see the transactions that uh, that they've been making, and uh, so it's all completely public as far as the the network itself. It's all open to scrutiny. And I'd said before on the air that all of the money was still there in that my Bitcoin uh, account, but I misunderstood. I didn't read the the BlockExplorer.com output correctly. What it looks like is that that money had been taken out over time, and I I hadn't noticed because I hadn't run those checks on on the account. But had I been paying closer attention, I might have I might have figured that out as so well. So our, our accounts were getting milked. That's what it looks like. I may still be misinterpreting this because, again, I'm I'm not you know a Bitcoin well, expert. What things for sure? We don't have any of the bitcoins that we had before. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah. They're so, gone. so really, how the how the crime took place doesn't really matter. Yeah. Well, it's just kind of curious to kind what of you do? To hunt the guy down. No, you can't. You can't. you can't. It's complete. Like even though it's public, it's still anonymous. You have no idea to whom that money has been transferred. So you can see. To which accounts to it has it has been sent, but you don't know who holds those accounts and who controls them. Then um, these are some of the benefits of the Bitcoin, but because it's it's like cash, right, like the anonymity is great yeah. until you're trying to find the person that, that took bitcoins from you. Now you've right. got to you're, you're responsible. You're yeah. responsible for keeping your Bitcoin wallet safe. Exactly. You can do that on your computer. You can do that with encryption. You can right. do it on jump drives. We talked about doing all these things on the air. We chose not to do that. We made mistakes. We got spanked. Don't make the mistakes that we <laughs> Don't made. Don't be like Ian and Mark. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't know anything about any of that. Yeah. Well, you can go to weusecoins.org if you'd like to learn more about the Bitcoin. Weusecoins.org is the place you can go and uh, roger who's the guy that's uh, providing us with the sponsorship bitcoin is sponsoring the program of course bitcoin doesn't exist there's no bitcoin llc there's not a bitcoin company right. it's there's nobody just for a, us to go to and say hey they took our bitcoins no it's just a uh, it's just an In entity the same way that there's you know i mean th- this is the the thing is bitcoins have kind of taken a, a little bit of a hit and they're coming back up now but as far as their uh, uh their rate and everything people it's down to about 10 bucks a bitcoin right now and it's been well, as high as 30 something it was down to like 980 yesterday and it's up to 1094 so you could have had an increase of more than 10 percent in your money today how the stock market to down 500 points yeah wow so we use coins.org as a place to go to uh, to learn more about it but the point i'm trying to uh, was trying to make and i i, I uh, sort of stopped on it is if i get my wallet stolen 
I don't blame the U.S. federal government for right. printing cash. Right. <laughs> okay. It's your fault. It's my fault. Yeah. I left my wallet around. It's, you know, the criminal's fault. He stole it. It's not whomever made the cash. Yeah. Don't, don't be lazy. Uh, you can you can run the the Bitcoin client. It's not a huge. You don't have to use it to generate bitcoins. That's I don't do that. You can do that though. You can like make your Bitcoin client create new bitcoins. It just takes a long, long, long time of cranking your computer's processor out at like a hundred percent in order to make a, a new bitcoin to to so, so as they call it mine uh, a bitcoin. I guess there are some people that are, are crazy about this and they are buying. Like you can assign your graphics processor in your computer to do this these tasks because you don't want your regular processor to necessarily be loaded up. And some people are buying multiple graphics cards and they're assigning all of these graphics computers basically to crunch and make you know mine new bitcoins. It seems like a I don't know. Maybe it's fine financially worthwhile now. I know a guy that's doing it, it, and I talk to him on a pretty regular basis. And yes, he's making money. Really, it can slip below. Um, you know, he believes in it too. At the mm-hmm. same time, it can slip. There, there's a point of diminishing returns, but you know, yeah. right now he's making money doing it. It's a fascinating new world. There's no doubt about that. Let's go to you and your thoughts. We talked to Marcus in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Hello, Marcus. Hi, guys. Hey. Uh, yeah, Bitcoin is uh, really exciting and very interesting. Uh, it is, uh, you know, as you said, it's somewhat anonymous or mostly anonymous. Uh, but I'm wondering about the um, inflation and how inflation relates to Bitcoin. And my understanding of inflation, my best understanding is when the money supply or any currency supply increases at a faster rate than the demand for that currency. So in the terms of gold, gold is mined every year. There's new gold that's mined every year. But this, the demand for gold increases uh, at a greater rate than uh, the gold is mined. So therefore, there is no uh, – there at this time is no inflation mm. for gold. No, I don't think that's I don't think that's accurate. And if somebody is more of an economics expert, please feel free to correct me. But it's my understanding the definition of inflation is simply an increase in the money supply. So more gold being mined would be inflating the supply of gold. Uh, and how the market responds to those things and what the market is demanding is a completely separate factor as far as how that gold is valued in the marketplace. Okay, well, there, right, you're, there are different uh, definitions for inflation. So. Your definition is correct, um, and my definition is correct to some people, I suppose. I, I would say yours is functional. Okay. Um, so either we can go with either one. Obviously, we know Federal Reserve notes, the U.S. dollar, increases uh, awfully, you know, and uh, you know we've seen price inflation, uh, which is a little bit different than just normal inflation, prices increasing dramatically during my entire life. Um, so bitcoins actually uh, are mined. Uh, that it's designed so that there are more bitcoins in supply uh, over time until it reaches a certain point at which it's maxed out, and then no more bitcoins will be mined. That's correct. There has been uh, some arbitrary number has been set uh, for the maximum number of bitcoins that can be out there. Right. So um, the supply of bitcoins is increasing. And if the demand for bitcoins, which we can't really we can predict, but not not with 100 percent certainty, if this demand for bitcoins, you know, could go up or it could go down. Obviously, Bitcoin has a use, a very unique use in being, um, you know, uh, that that is anonymous. But if people are not 
don't feel confident in Bitcoins and the demand goes down, there could be inflation on Bitcoin because the, the supply of them is increasing. And if demand goes down, then that, to, me, to my understanding, is inflation. Okay, so um, there's there's a, there's a, a several ways to slice this apple, all right. And the one could say that there is no inflation in gold because the gold that exists exists, exists, right? Yeah. Like it may not be in your possession; it may be a thousand feet beneath your feet, but it mm. exists. So therefore, okay. it is not being inflated because it's not being created. Correct. Right. I see where you're coming from. So, um, whereas Federal Reserve notes that do not exist um, can be brought into existence, and that is inflation in the currency. If one were to use that definition, one would then say that all the bitcoins that um, are are going to exist are quantified, and we know how many there are. They have not, just not yet been released in the mm. form of mining. Um, well, they, they call it mining. It's obviously virtual mining of some sort. Yep. The creation of them, you know, this, the computers doing this. Uh, it's uh, crunching math. An basically. Analogy that uh, analogy, not analogy. What, what's the? It's uh, it's just math. Just algorithms math. Just doing this. Uh, numbers. Yeah. Algorithms. Yeah. Yes. A logarithm. That's the term I'm looking for. <laughs> Thank you. And um, you know, it's doing this and creating them. So therefore, it's not inflating them. And I think that that's the definition that probably. Uh, oh. You know, folks are using to say there's no inflation. But there, it is oh. certainly possible that demand could go down and price then would go down it's, for the Bitcoin. They're still, uh, you know, they still have to obey the laws of economics. Right. Hey, thanks, Marcus, for the call. Appreciate it. 855-450-FREE. And as I mentioned, I mean, they've been as high as 30-something dollars and now they're around 10. So, But they were also as low as two cents. It's Free Talk Live. Are you a cigarette smoker? I was too for many years. You know that crap's gonna kill you, right? There's a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month and it tastes better. No more ashtray mouth. No smell. No secondhand smoke. You could use it just about anywhere. Free shipping on orders over $60 and a free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Call 855 to get vapor or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on that site for free. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by shopping with us over at shop.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through the links that you'll find there at shop.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live gets a portion of the sale. So you're going to do internet shopping anyway. You're probably going to shop at Amazon because they're great. A huge selection, free super saver shipping, and a lot of their brand new items, even used items as well, dozens of categories. You know Amazon. You're just entering through our links, uh, our affiliate links, if you will. So go to shop.freetalklive.com. Pick the Amazon that's right for your country and get your shopping done. You can feel good you're getting a great deal. And Free Talk Live is going to get a cut of the sale when you enter through shop.freetalklive.com. How big is the debt crisis, really? Prepare to be dumbfounded. Go to learnliberty.com slash FTL and see Anthony Davies' explanation of the magnitude of the U.S. debt. It's a little over a minute long, 
and it's stupefying. You've got to see it. JJ, you, you just watched this. Yes, that's right. Isn't it amazing it, it to is, see these numbers? It is extremely amazing. They show them in a bar graph, and it, it's just stunning. I, you he know, kind of pulls back. The camera slowly pulls backwards as he's revealing new information about you know what dead is larger than what dead around the world, and you'll, you'll be blown away by it. Absolutely, you will. Also, while you're there at learnliberty.com slash FTL, uh, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link. It's on the right-hand side. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education in economics. All those things are great, right? Free online continuing education. You get it all from learnliberty.org slash FTL. And uh, while you're there, check out all of Anthony Davies' uh, videos. You can go to the top of the page along the navigation bar, check out speakers, and he's, uh, you know, among them there. And it is, uh, he's he's got some great stuff. Learnliberty.org slash FTL. So plenty to uh, discuss here tonight with your calls about whatever you want, of course, at 855-450-FREE. Mark, was there anything we missed about the uh, the raw food raid? We pretty much uh, yeah, covered we've, that we've thing. Yeah, we taken care of it, yep. And you can expect to see more of this in the future because, well, I mean, people are programmed to believe that it's okay if the police go and they raid a business. It, most people get it when it comes to the lemonade stands. Like we talked last night about a young lady who yet another, I think it was a four-year-old this time, that was stopped by police from operating a lemonade stand. And, of course, these stories are happening on a weekly basis, especially now while it's pretty hot outside in a lot of places. Uh, the lemonade stands being shut down everywhere. You can look on a story there that's pr- printed online. You can look at the comments. You can look at they had a poll, for instance, you know, should kids be able to operate lemonade stands without permits? And you've got like 85, 90 percent of the respondents saying, well, of course they should. Because people can understand the idea of allowing children to operate a business without a permit, but they have been so acclimated to the idea of permitting that they they would, if it were somebody who were 18 or 21 operating a lemonade stand, then you'd start to see people changing their mind. You'd start to see, well, they're they're grown up now. They do like the rest of us grown ups right. do, and they need to get a permit. That's right. Are the people who have already gotten a permit in the past for their business or whatever they do, you know, they're of course like, well, I had to go through it, so he should too. That's right. That's that's just how it works. What and, else would they say, right? Yep. And that's really just the cycle of abuse. It is it's a shame, but that's a very common viewpoint. And if people could get that out of their heads, if people could get in, in instead the idea of, wow, there's somebody who had the balls to operate their business without begging some government bureaucrat for permission first, without groveling and getting on their knees and kissing a, a jackboot. Uh, they, the, wow, that person's a hero. Maybe I should actually buy something from them right. instead uh, of being such a bunch of lapdogs for the state. And I can understand why people have sort of this idea that for whatever reason, you know, the, certain businesses need to be checked. There are businesses out there that rip people off. My question to you is this. Does the government really stop that from happening? Because I don't think that it does. No and way. There's, uh, you know, the market would come up with solutions in this area anyway. It's not like the government does this uh, or doesn't do it. And in sort of the rights theory aspect of this, you have certain inalienable rights because you own yourself, because you were they were endowed to you by your creator or whatever reason you have these rights. And if you've got the right to have to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, the, the, the possession of property, don't you have the right to exchange that property with other people? If you have that right, do you need a permit from the government to do that ex- to do those exchanges? Good no, question. of course not. 
If the government offers services, if you're saying that, well, the government needs money. Indeed, it does. Any organization needs money to to uh, function. Now, I, I think that the government's largely inefficient compared to other organizations. But if the, if the services that it provides are so very valuable, you think that people would willingly support it. Because in a lot of services it provides aren't valuable at all, like kicking, you know, making it so people can't sell raw milk to mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, people exactly right. And that is the, the direction that we need to go in. And people need to take action in order to make things change in the future. Just complaining about things isn't going to be sufficient. There needs to be more that uh, that needs to be done. And it's not going to be an easy process, which is why we're getting together in New Hampshire. It's why the three of us moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project to bring as many liberty-minded people together uh, to achieve liberty in our lifetime. But of course, New Hampshire is certainly not a perfect place. Uh, it may be the freest of all the states but that still isn't saying a whole lot it's like saying that we have the less you know metastasized uh, cancer uh, growth and uh, here's an here's an example of uh, something that went down recently up here seabrook new hampshire that's out on the uh, the east coast of uh, new hampshire police officer has been charged with driving while intoxicated after he allegedly smashed into another car told arresting officers that if the same situation had happened in his town they wouldn't have been arrested. When local officers informed Seabrook Sergeant Mark Preston that he was under arrest on Sunday night, he exploded. According to a police report by Salisbury patrolman Timothy Hunter, he said, What about the Brotherhood? This is expletive deleted. I'm guessing he said, BS. Why aren't you take why aren't you taking me home? Preston said, according to the report, if this happened in Seabrook, we would take care of you guys. This is ridiculous. You guys are an expletive deleted joke. (laughs) Imagining that's an effing joke. Uh, I'm a 30-year sergeant, and you are going to do this to me? Really? My life and my career are over. I hope you guys are effing happy. Jumped to, you know, jump to a conclusion on what words he's saying there with the uh, censorship likely. here in the newspaper. After Preston was booked, police uh, escorted him to a cell where he erupted again. You're not putting me in a cell, right? I'm not going into a cell. This is how you treat a cop. Preston You're going said. into the cell. We're going to taser you. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what would happen in Seabrook if this was you guys. We would take care of you. Right. You'll see. I'll make sure we return the favor to you. You better watch out when you drive through Seabrook. You guys speed. Oh. This is really a uh, look into what the world is like for the police. Because... There is this professional courtesy that's out there, and, and kudos to uh, the, the Salisbury cops in this, in this case for not cutting this guy the, a break that he expected. Like, this guy's so used to professional courtesy, yep. as it's called, he is shocked to the core when it wasn't extended to him by his brothers in blue. Well, to some extent, he's S-faced, but, um, you know, I, well, I think he's that, S-faced, so he's being honest with uh, with how he's feeling. Right. I think that there's honesty in this. Um, I, I would agree with you on that. Preston's been put on administrative leave, which means he's getting paid to not work. Uh, typically, he's entitled to his day in court and he's going to have it, according to the police chief. He refused to comment on the statements that Preston allegedly made because cops don't want to talk about the issue of, uh, you know, this thin blue line. Yeah, the th- their little gang, the, the thin blue line and their professional courtesy. But it's real. Yep. And in this case, they're doing this because they would look really bad, right? Like if somebody well, saw this happening... You know, you know, we often talk about uh, police here on, on Free Talk Live and, and geez, in general, 
uh, in the liberty movement. And, uh, you know, as you said, kudos for them for, you know, taking this clearly intoxicated person who is angry and probably really rough to deal with. Can't imagine what his home life is like. After, what a shock. Another alcoholic know, cop. Yeah. And after, he ran into a car. Yeah. Right? After hitting a yeah. Right. After hitting a car, you know, it's it's sort of like we talk about how the good cops should be doing something about the bad cops. And I think making an example out of this individual here would would certainly help to to improve that image of the police. I think so. But I, I have to wonder if the guy had instead run into a tree, would the police have behaved differently? I think that this guy has an expectation, and Mm -hmm. to some extent, I think he's telling the truth that um, that that police officers afford other police officers a level of professional courtesy. I don't know what level that goes to, and I think that it changes for every cop in every situation. Um, I think that there are cops out there that would like to give tickets to other cops for doing bad, like running, rolling through a stop sign. They just know they're going to get a tremendous amount of flack for it. In this case, I think the people that the cops did the right thing, but I know that there's instances where they choose, that where they would enforce a law upon you and I that they won't enforce upon their brethren. More coming up here eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four five zero thirty seven thirty three. Plenty of time for you and your thoughts. Maybe you are a police officer or used to be one. And you can explain professional courtesy to us. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Pure Life Water, helping you drink better and live better by providing a zero-calorie alternative to sugary drinks. Visit us at nestle-purelife.us. When kids are playing, they often don't want to stop to keep hydrated, so send them out with a bottle of water and encourage them to take frequent drink breaks or call them inside for a quick sip. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. The toll-free number for you is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And joining you tonight is Ian. JJ. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Inviting you there, you'll see the features there are free, unlike those other talk show hosts that are constantly trying to get you to pay them five or six or seven or eight bucks a month in order to access their websites. We do it all free. So enjoy over at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Uh, and of course, you can take control of these airwaves. That is the point of this radio program. On the way here, uh, Mark, you've got more police-related news uh, story. Pull this one up, Mark. The, the guy who's a cartoonist who is now under fire from the local police department. And we were just talking about a moment ago, for those of you just joining us, a police officer busted for DWI here in our very own New Hampshire. But this could happen anywhere. Uh Though it doesn't happen as often as you might, well, as you might should hear about it happening because cops, you know, a lot of them like to drink and some of them get behind the wheel. But in a lot of cases, there's this thing called professional courtesy where if nobody knows, like if the cops pull over another cop and nobody knows that the cop's been pulled over, if it's just between the two police, then... The cops might let the guy go or, as this cop was suggesting, give him a ride home or just kind of. He got into an accident and hit somebody's car. You know, I I guess they could have 
taken, you know, they, they could, right? They could have put his car up on a flatbed, taken it someplace and, you know, driven him home, let him sleep it off, and then he can get his car in the morning or figure out what he's going to do with the insurance company. But they did what, you know, they, they did what they would should do, which is what they would do with everybody is, you know, lock them up and uh, you charge them with DUI, I guess. Well, that is what happened. Although, is the average person, I don't know, I've never been charged with DWI, thank goodness. Um, but does the average person get a $500 bail when they get arrested for Probably DWI? Not. Yeah, especially after hitting a car and blowing up and, and just what you quoted earlier um, from his uh, his rant after being arrested and being thrown into a cage, you know, the the idea that he gets a five hundred dollar bail is just absurd. Because the, there are there are people here in Keene that have gotten higher bails for doing something that involves no victim no whatsoever. Victim. Right? Yeah. That's why I'm speculating that this is probably an atypical, this $500 bail. I think the bail is uh, agreed atypical. Yeah. So there are all kinds of examples of how it is that police officers get treated differently from the rest of us. And that's why I'm suggesting that this officer is probably correct. He was very upset at these cops for arresting him. He was very upset that he was being charged, upset that he was being taken into a cage because he figured that this shouldn't happen to him. Nope. He figured he was one of them and that there's this thing called professional courtesy and that they should leave him alone alone and that hey guys well, well, i would have left it, you alone yeah let's call it what it is though let's it, it's a thing called a class system in america mm-hmm. where people who have a badge or who are in bed with some bureaucracy whether they're a senator or something get special courtesies and special privileges and special rights and that's what it is right the police behave differently when they're being watched uh, that's why having a video camera can be very, very useful uh, to those of us out here who are activist types and who want to keep people safe and keep ourselves safe from from aggression. Police, in many cases, can behave better with cameras. Of course, they change. It just depends on the officer. Sometimes a cop will go off if you've got a camera and you know smash your camera and beat you up. Uh, but in a lot of cases, they'll behave better, especially if there's multiple people around watching, whether they have cameras or not. And in this case, this happened in a populated area. This cop ran into a parked car, and people started coming around. So people coming around means that the, the police have to do certain things that otherwise maybe they would let slide with another one of their fellow officers. In fact, a story here from Union I'm Leader... I'm just kind of curious... Um, you know, if so, if this happened in a populated area, um, you know, and the officers could read this guy his rights, throw him in the back of the car, and then drive him home, and no one would have been the wiser, right? Right. So, did he go off beforehand? Because that's the way it sounded like before he got tossed. He was going and, off on the side of the road. That's right. what it sounds like. What's you know? So he's not being very wise um, in that circumstance because it's well, still. Drunk could have gone his way if he True. hadn't have been a jerk about it, right? Like, you know, so if there are people standing around, what are the cops going to do otherwise? Hunter, uh, one of the officers, wrote in his report, as I was speaking with him, I detected a strong odor of intoxicating liquor emanating from his breath. His speech was slurred. His eyes were severely bloodshot and glassy and was wearing flip-flop sandals as he was standing there and was very unsteady on his feet and swaying from side to side. This guy was pretty wasted. And the He's accident, probably written that same thing a hundred times. The accident and a hundred different people. I, mean, I, I don't know that I believe anything. <laughs> identification as a police officer caused such a stir among nearby residents who had converged at the scene that the police took Preston away over concerns about his safety. 
Hunter wrote that after leaving, the officer later reported that over 100 people, most of them, this is one of the other officers, most of them angry and irate, began to yell about how Salisbury police were corrupt. So don't think for a moment that just because these cops did the right thing in this instance, that they're not doing all kinds of mean stuff and nasty stuff to the regular folks that live in this area. You've got a crowd of people on the side of the road yelling at these cops because they're pissed at the the Salisbury police just for various different things that they've done. Maybe the fact that they yelled at the police is why what instigated this arrest in the first place or that he would have he would have given that professional courtesy if it had not been for this mob of people good question wanting demanding justice actual justice not justice now, that comes from a badge no way to know when none of us were there but it sure, certainly would have been interesting Salisbury? i presume it's nearby the seacoast i mean this is a seacoast police officer in new hampshire I can't imagine he was driving too far away from mm-hmm. from where he lives, but I'm sure you can pull it up on Google Maps if you're really interested. Uh, but there's plenty of other uh, police news out there, and here's one from Idaho, where, according to Reuters, police in Idaho Falls said on Tuesday they've told a 34-year-old man to stop wearing a bunny suit <laughs> wow. in public after residents complained he has been frightening children. Police warned Idaho Falls resident William Falkingham after a woman said she saw him dressed in the costume, peeking at her young son from behind a tree and pointing his finger like a gun, according to a police report. That is creepy. Now, if you've got a creepy guy around, would you like to have him in the bunny suit or out of it? I think in the bunny suit definitely (laughs) defines creepy guy. Right. Like, that's, hey, kids, stay away from the guy in the bunny suit. It's pretty... pretty yeah, pretty easy. I suppose you could say that the bunny suit might attract children, and so therefore, you know, maybe it would not be a good idea. Well, I also take issue with the whole pointing my pointing a finger with like a gun. It's like, yeah, it, was it? How was it? Like, was he pointing at him, or was was it like he was holding it like a gun? I mean, that's that's sort of very ambiguous. I think. Uh, I, I, the, the impression I get is that kind of uh, you know extended finger, thumb upward thing. That uh, that's what it, it sounds like. You know, that that's the kind of thing you do to a kid. Yeah. You know, give them that little noise and try to get their attention in whatever right. way. And this could be a guy who is just as much wants to entertain kids. I, I had be. a friend. He could be just a local eccentric. Yeah. I had a friend who really liked uh, dressing up as a clown. And I, it, for whatever reason, it has become popular these in you know today's culture to be scared of clowns. Oh, clowns are creepy. <laughs> you know, okay, fine. Clowns are creepy. There was a, you know, there's, I, I think that clowns have brought a lot of joy to a lot of kids over the years. I think that it's just sort of popular culture now to say that clowns are creepy, fine and dandy. If this guy wants to entertain kids, I suppose, you know, he could be creepy, he could be not, I don't know, but to telling him he shouldn't wear the bunny suit really yeah, what right seems do dumb they have? to me. What right do they have to tell him that in the well, first place? I, I agree mean, with you. Seriously. They should leave people alone. If somebody wants to wear a bunny suit, they should be able to. But there are a lot of uh, places where, they're, for instance, wearing masks is completely illegal except on Halloween. So there are a number of places where they will tell you what you can and can't wear. In fact, I was in court the other day. I was told I can't wear uh, the, 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 a slogan shirt. Really? Right. Even though in Massachusetts, which is generally thought of as more of a police state than New Hampshire, uh, even though in Massachusetts, both Pete and Adamo from LibertyOnTour.com were allowed to wear slogan T-shirts, shirts with phrases on them. You mean when you're up at the uh, defendant table or whatever? Yeah, as a defendant. You're not allowed to wear any kind of uh, anything that has any kind of wordage on it. So, or you're you're offending the dignity of the court. Is that right? Well, the idea is you're not supposed to be influencing uh, the jury, but At isn't that my job the, as a defense uh, defense person to influence the jury? Yeah, in my I believe favor? so. <laughs> At least that makes a little bit of sense. This telling the guy not to wear the bunny suit is—I I don't know. That's—I mean. <laughs> 
Well, for one, he's in public. Is he going to get less public. creepy? No, he's... Well, because what, what other suit is he going to wear next time? Right, that's the thing. Is he going to get less creepy because he's not wearing the bunny suit? And wouldn't you... I mean, this is it makes it easy for the parents. Hey, little JJ, yes. don't hang out with the guy with the bunny suit, okay? Yes, sir. Like, he's weird. There's more coming up here <laughs> about the bunny man. Uh, we've got the toll-free number for you at 855-450-FREE. That's 1-855-450-3733. You can take control to bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services. But what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. Spendbitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From spendbitcoins.com, you can spend your bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes and Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend bitcoins, go to spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number. It's 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. We're inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we have for you there. Shrine of Female Listeners is one of the features that dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing their listeners of this program, shrine.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. Also, if you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI is a company that can handle that for you. It, the principal over there, Jason Osborne, big supporter of Liberty, big supporter of Free Talk Live, our longest uh, running advertiser. And we appreciate his support. And he, I'm sure he'd appreciate yours. It's SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right, so we continue here. Of course, we'll take your calls about anything. We're talking about the bunny suit man. He has been told... That, uh, according to the Reuters report out of Salmon, Idaho, in Idaho Falls, 34-year-old man has been told to stop wearing a bunny suit after some residents has complained or have complained that he's been frightening children. Now, I don't know if they're actually citing any kind of law in this instance. I think they're just trying to, you know, intimidate somebody into behaving Pressure. right, behaving the way they want uh, to. Of course, who knows? They might just be able to pull out a disorderly conduct or disobeying sure. a police officer. That. I was in uh, court today because one of our activist friends was arrested yesterday, and sometimes when you're in court, you see other people that you know, and there was a young man uh, who was in there, and he's actually a free stater, but he's kind of a, I guess, reclusive uh, free stater. He's not one of the more social uh, individuals, but you know, I saw him, and I talked to him, and I guess he was there because he had gotten busted on a car registration charge. He hadn't updated his registration or something like that, one of those paperwork things. But while he was being, I guess, questioned by the officer at the scene, I think he took too long to answer a question or something like that and was arrested for disobeying a police officer. So these guys will just charge you with anything they want to, anytime they want to. If they don't like you, they'll come up with something. They don't need to actually have a law specific to what you're doing. So there doesn't need to be a law saying you can't have a costume on in Idaho Falls. They can just make some crap up. 
oh, well, we told him to take it off, and he didn't. So that's disobeying a police officer. Yeah, they don't need a law to beat you down either. They can just beat you down, throw in a cage, and drop the charges. I mean, it's just, they can just do whatever they want. I mean, people don't realize that. It's funny talking to a couple, uh, you know, visitors from time to time here that come to Keene, and they're always like, well, you know, there's this law that that cops, uh, they got to do this by the books, you know, and this and that. The other thing, and if they do this one process with the judge, and you can get them off by following this paperwork thing, and we're like, no, no, don't you see? They do whatever they want. Yeah, that's the, that's something that someone will say who's never actually tried what yes, they're talking about. That's right, right. Well, you know, I think that that people have different experiences, and uh, if you're dealing with, uh, a, say, a court system and some police officers that haven't dealt with somebody who's you know trying one of these systems, they may say, you know, it's just not worth whatever this ticket is to to go through this shenanigans with these folks, but. Um, you know, here in Keene, New Hampshire, many of the shenanigans have been tried, and at this point, the, uh, the they're farther along the paradigm in dealing with the activists. You know, it's first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, and then you win. They are definitely uh, they past are fight. the ignoring and laughing part. <laughs> Uh, so back to the bunny man here, an investigation of the sighting. Again, uh, allegations from one woman say he was hiding behind a tree, pointing his finger like a gun at her young son and apparently disturbing him, although it sounds to me more like mom was the one that was disturbed by it. An investigation of the sighting led officers to question other neighbors who expressed that they were greatly disturbed by Falkingham and his bunny suit. Neighbors, what is the world coming to when you can't wear a damn bunny suit without people getting all freaked out? Well, I'll tell you what, Ian, this country's come a long way without people wearing bunny suits. We don't need to start now. (laughs) Neighbors reported that he occasionally wears a tutu along with the bunny suit. Oh, wow. Uh, Frank Falkingham told police that while he enjoys wearing the suit, he understood the concerns and that could he could be cited as a public nuisance. Apparently, that was the threat. Mm. A public nuisance for that type of behavior. Idaho Falls Police Department spokes bureaucrat said Falkingham could not be reached for comment. Neighbor Deborah Colson defended Falkingham in a telephone interview with Reuters, saying he has an eccentric but otherwise harmless habit of dressing up in costume and making appearances on his own property. He's got the bunny outfit, a cowboy suit, and a ballerina dress. But you don't see him except when he's tripping through his backyard, she said. Colson said she worried that news of Falkingham's at-home habits might make him a target of fear and scorn. She said he's never done anything wrong, but wears his little suits in the background. He's also He's got a strange lifestyle at home, but we all do weird things at home. It makes me so sad. People don't even do anything, and they get laughed at. Well, this is more than just laughing at somebody. This is threatening somebody. It's one thing to be amused by the man in the silly suit uh, walking downtown. Recently, we had a guy in a green suit come through Keene. This was probably about a year or so ago. Some guy wearing this, like total green body suit from head to toe okay. uh, was you know kind of carousing about downtown Keene, and that was okay. People had fun with him. Like, hey, it's a guy in a green suit. It certainly was different. Right. It's it's weird. It's it's but it's not a nuisance. People are just so uppity these days. They let, are. let people wear whatever the hell they want to. We had one guy who was wearing a cape who would go down uh, downtown. Sean, he was on the show for a while. He uh, would wear a cape. He'd go downtown. He would rescue people from the parking meter bandits. He would go and put a you know a dime or a, a nickel or something like that into people's expired parking meters to prevent them from getting parking tickets. People love that man. I mean, sure, he got a few people razzing him because he was wearing a cape downtown, basically an outfit. He's got a handlebar mustache. Too. 
too, and he's in his mid twenties. So I mean, you know, he's, he's, yeah, he's he's quite a character. People, of course, somebody's going to razz you if you're wearing a bunny suit or a cape or a green suit. But other people are going to be very amused. They're going to be they're going to enjoy the fact that somebody's doing something different. Yeah. That someone is is stepping outside of the proverbial box and taking a little bit of a risk to 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 be unusual. And I think things like that should be celebrated, not oppressed. And I think it's really sad what they've done to this guy. Yeah, definitely. I think. It's, it's, it goes back to, do you own yourself? I mean, it's quite simple. If, if a guy can't wear whatever silly outfit he wants on his own property or, or even walking around public places, you know, it's, it's, it's just absurd. You can't put anything in your body. You can't put anything on your body. I mean, you can't do anything with your body without permission. It's, it's just like, you know, what point do people realize that there is something seriously wrong with this system? It's really kind of the reverse of the people that get upset about nudity, right? There are some people that get upset about somebody being topless sure. walking down the street, and now this is kind of the 180-degree opposite of that. This guy's anything but topless. He's got a, a bunny suit on in the middle of the summertime. And a tutu. And, a, you know, and possibly a tutu, and people are upset about that. You're just not normal enough, dude. That's really what it is. We're going to charge you with not being normal enough. That's the crime here. Yeah. You know, I... I... <laughs> I, I would say that uh, attempting to initiate conversation um, with kids is is probably the biggest problem here. Not the the suit wearing. Well, the claim is he was behind a tree shooting a uh, hand. Well, you know, this, this gun. Yeah, that's this one. This one paranoid, perhaps woman's yeah. take on the situation. There are no other claims in this article about right. Talking but to well, kids. there's the other claims in the article involve that that sympathetic neighbor who said he's been doing this for a while and he has a bunch of different outfits. Right. And if this is like the first incident that's that's ever come about, and all he's done is point his finger at a child, and now you're going to come down on him with guns guns are drawn, ready to to put him in a cage. I mean, right. that that's just that's just ludicrous. How many people? People have had a you know a, a, a young person wave at them just because they're young. They don't know you. They're just walking by and they're waving at you, and you wave back. Is that a problem, or is it only a problem if you're wearing a bunny suit? Mm-hmm. I'd say that raises the uh, people's concern. Just waving anybody, waving a kid when they wave no, at no, you. No, people in bunny suits. Oh, the bunny suit. Eight five five four five zero free. That's eight five five four fifty thirty seven thirty three. More coming up. Free talk live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in via the toll-free number. It's brand new, 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. We invite you to our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features that we give to you there completely free. They include the a wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, W-I-K-I wiki. FreeTalkLive.com. You know that cigarettes will kill you, and you've probably been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. It's a healthier option, 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com if you've been kind of on the fence. A pack-a-day smoker will save, on average, $120 a month. 
So you already start being richer, feeling better, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 480 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Get a free get free shipping on orders of $60 or more. The cartomizers cost $69, so you get free shipping also. So all you have to do is call 855-2-GET-VAPOR. It's 855-2-GET-VAPOR, vaporsmiths.com, 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Yeah, not only is it you know better for you, uh, not only is... I think you make it health... Uh, well, yeah, let's see. No, what, what can't you say? Yeah, I think you can say better. Well, you just said it was 22,000 times, times healthier. healthier. Yeah, I'm, I'm just very uh, careful as to what one can say and one can, what one can't. That, wasn't that an FDA study? Didn't Because I, I had questioned that at first when the copy first came through. It is through. not an FDA study. No, um, this is uh, this takes the amount of uh, this takes the amount of uh, carcinogens and does the math on them and comes up with 22,000 times um, healthier. So they're 22,000 times fewer carcinogens. Okay. Because I uh, I know that we I had questioned that because it sounded pretty unbelievable when I first heard right. it. Right, you don't want to. We don't want to make health claims that we haven't uh, got you know vetted in some way. And you know, if you're taking your health advice from uh, two talk show hosts, you probably mm. you know need to rethink that. But um, I marked the uh, email here from the CEO of Vaporsmith says the FDA tested and found that cigarettes contain zero through eight nanograms versus one hundred uh, e-cigarettes. Excuse me, contain zero through eight nanograms versus one hundred seventy-six thousand nanograms in a pack of cigarettes, and that's the tobacco-specific carcinogens. Okay. Well, so he's FDA, claimed it was the, the FDA. FDA isn't making the claim of 22,000 times healthier. They're just doing the, the, the giving the original They did the and, testing. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, I guess you. So 855-450-FREE is our number here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so the, they're really – it's an amazing product, the e-cigarette. I'm excited about it. I don't even smoke. And the, this particular one – is better than the rest because it has a larger, um, you know, more powerful vaporizer, so you can get a good hit, and that's very important to smokers. Having that's a good right. one, I know. Yes, as a smoker, I can tell you, having a good hit is definitely important to yeah. enjoying the cigarette. If it's a half a hit, it's just not going to do it. No, it's not. All right, Mark. so one eight five five four five zero free. We're just talking about <laughs> the police cracking down on a man who has been wearing a bunny suit. But don't think for a moment that only people with bunny suits are in trouble by the the uh, you know the clothing cops basically. And Tavares down in Florida, Florida schools have a lot of problems, according to CBS Miami. The state cut budgets to the bone, and local taxpayer yeah, right, and local taxpayers are hard pressed to make up the difference. Teachers are being fired, programs are being cut, and in Lake County, the heart of the state, the response from the school board is to ban students from wearing orange hair, bangs, and makeup that hides their eyes. Lake County School Board used a special meeting to vote on the policy to make sure a final vote can be held to get the rules into place for the start of the school year. School board members originally changed the dress code to bring the district in line with a new law approved by the Florida legislature. As lawmakers were cutting funds for school programs, they found time to pass what's widely known as the Droopy Drawers Law. That's right. The law made schools safe from students wearing saggy pants that show their underwear, an urban fashion trend that riled legislators enough to put kids' pants into the Florida statutes. Wow, that is just crazy right there. That's Florida? Yeah, you haven't heard of this before? No, this no, I, Florida's pretty crazy. No, 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 this is, they're actually kind of behind the times. There are a lot of other places that have done this, where they've done these saggy pants bans. Wow. But I've never heard of the state government doing it. So this may be the first time, I could be incorrect, but this may be the first time that a state legislature has passed this. Usually it's a city council 
that will go ahead and create a saggy pants ban and they'll instruct their police to target kids with saggy pants and threaten them with uh, with fines if they don't go and change their clothes. Sure. And now you're looking at a, a you know a statewide law banning. Well, saggy why don't we pants. just have a dress code? Why don't we? Why doesn't the state just issue the clothes that the state feels it's appropriate for you to wear, and then we won't have to worry about fines and all that sort of stuff? Well, to be fair, this is from what I understand only on the school campus where where this applies but it's only a matter of time well sure i guess if you want everybody with the same they're all going to go to the school and get fed the same uh indoctrination and propaganda so why not dress the same and eat well, the a same of, a lot of pa- parents would love the idea of having uniforms at school you're yeah. right jj i mean there's a there's a fairly heavy push uh within the government schools to have uniforms and there are a lot of people that are advocating this. I, of course, am completely opposed to it. If you're going to have government schools, and I think it's a terrible idea to have your kid in government schools, uh, it's, it's, I think, an even worse idea to have them all look the same because it just it, it de-individuates people. It takes away their individuality, just like the military. They cut your hair all I the same. I disagree for different reasons. Um, I think that there is value to uh, uniforms. I can you don't see think why uniforms some, de-individuate people? I think that I, I think that there's value to uniforms. I, th- I can see why some parents would want that. Um, I think the problem is, is when you collect taxes from everybody, some people are going to agree, some people are going to disagree. And when you take taxes from me, and then, uh, or uh, Ian, for that matter, you take taxes from Ian, and then tell his kid how he's going to dress that's immoral in adjusting policy to include the law school board members went a step further according to lake county schools websites or website the students will be banned from using so-called extreme hairstyles you know like the mohawk would have been extreme back in the 1980s wow. I bet it still isn't is. it sort of a regression of sorts it wasn't there a time back in the 60s and perhaps even earlier the 50s when anyone who strayed outside of the uh you know the crew cuts and the uh, mm. the poofy hair for the girls. You know anyone who straight outside that was was just wrapped ca- on a counterculture. Yeah, you're dangerous. Yeah, exactly. You're a punk, and we're just going to arrest you and, and just harass you. Yeah, I bet you're right, Mark. I bet you that a, a mohawk would still be considered extreme today. It's pretty uncommon. I think so. Uh, also, bangs have been banned. Having bangs is uh, is considered inappropriate. Unnatural hair colors. Man, kids love. I mean, they don't. A lot of them don't have jobs to go to because government prevents them from uh, from getting a job at young ages. So they go crazy with their hair. They have fun. It's again another expression of their individuality. They're trying to, you know, when you're a young child, or we're not necessarily talking about children here. We're talking about teenagers in a lot of cases. But when you're a young person, you want to express yourself. You want to be seen yes. as different in a lot of cases. And it, having a, a radical hairstyle or or a hair color that is really wild. And, and hot uh, is is something kids like to do. And what's wrong with it? What about the metaphor of using uh, using the metaphor in this case of the parents and, and the populace who restrict uh, drinking and sort of you know create this mysticism around drinking as this this terrible uh, demonic thing? And then the kids grow up, and once they're able to make their own decisions, they go and binge hardcore into drinking. Mm-hmm. Now, what would happen in this scenario where kids are put into this sort of compartmentalized box where you will be this kind of person during these hours of the day mm-hmm. when they grow up and they you know get into their workplace? You know, are, are these going to be the people full of tattoos, tattoos and, yeah. and just uh, weird clothing styles How will and it bunny manifest? suits and, you know, 
bunny suits. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm correlating to the last story, yeah. man. These are it's the pe- these people are going to be wearing bunny suits around when they're 35 years old. I saw uh, on the the front page of the newspaper here in Keene, New Hampshire, it had two boys with uh, one with sort of pink fuchsia hair and one with uh, and this was short cropped haircuts, but it was you know maybe a quarter inch, half inch long. I'm, maybe I, I don't know about that length. And one had bright green hair, and they were swimming at a local uh, swimming hole, and this was just a close up of the two boys, and they're cute, and their mom's a hairstylist and and did this because they were interested in doing it and they'd done something good uh, that I can't recall that uh, she was rewarding them for. So, I, you know, I mean, I I can see how some people feel about these things. I tend to be somewhat socially conservative myself, but these are other people's kids, not your own. The code also sets rules for hemlines for dresses, uh, but also extreme makeup, so-called, that is disruptive and does not allow now for direct eye contact. Now you've hit my uh, point here. As far as I'm concerned, girls going to school uh, that, that, that can't pull their skirts down over their underpants, that is not acceptable crap. <laughs> wow. So you're going to tell women what to do, huh, Mark? I'm, I, well, huh? for one, I'd like them to stop using my money to go to school with. One, oh, I'd like other people, <laughs> I agree with you. I'd like other people's <laughs> – they, they wear whatever they want on their own dime. 855-450-FREE. If I'm being forced to go to government school, I want to at least be able to enjoy the attractive young ladies. There. You want to wear a skirt. That's what you <laughs> want to do We're coming up here. School. You wow. can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, and their value seems to only be growing with time. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. WeUseCoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. That's a number you need to take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever it is that you want. That's the point of this program. And joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. Talking about school-related stuff. In this particular case, uh, Lake County schools down in Florida have banned teenagers from using, presumably it applies to uh elementary school kids, but it's more likely it's going to be teenagers to be targeted, from using extreme so-called hairstyles, including bangs. Apparently bangs are considered extreme. Bang! Uh, basically, they're upset that some kids have eye makeup as well that is so-called disruptive makeup. Disruptive. And or does not allow direct eye contact. What? Now, how does that work? Uh, Big thick. I mean, I can see bangs coming down in the eyes, maybe, which is great because it covers up the indoctrination from entering your (laughs) periphery. But Uh, I think the the distracting part. Oh my goodness, that that young lady looks very attractive. I'm distracted. I mean, how else? What's the dress code even provides instructions on how to use clothing, telling students, "quote Clothes shall be worn as designed while on the grounds of a public school during the regular school day." You shall use the clothes as designed. Is that to suggest that, you know, you shouldn't take the T-shirt off and put it on your head? Aren't these (laughs) pants that they're wearing around their butts designed to be worn that way? Yes. I mean, so, you know, I, I don't understand then. 
their complaint is that uh, the, the young males, I suspect largely, are the ones uh, you know wearing their pants around their butt. And I don't find it that great all, at all. I mean, the the fashion has has gone from showing off their underwear to not wearing it at all. I mean, you know, some kid walking around with his butt crack showing doesn't do anything for me. Um, but I. And, and some, I can see why, you know, in school they have to keep some level of decorum. I've got that. But the problem is already it's government school where our money is stolen in order to fund this. Now, get this school officials told reporters they needed to act because extreme styles can be dangerous. Extreme. Dangerous. It's dangerous to have a mohawk or bangs or right. eye makeup. You know why? Because those people are probably less likely to believe the BS that it's coming out of the teacher's <laughs> mouth. Oh, I think that they're already very generally very pretty cynical at the, the, these ages up in high school. I mean, my experience in high school is they're, <laughs> they're not throwing off the man. Good point, though, JJ. It, it could be dangerous to their legitimacy. That's right. If somebody steps out of line, the policy doesn't really say what's considered unnatural or extreme, and leaves it up to the school principal to make the call. I'll know it when I see it. Yeah, that's terrible. And or assign someone as the school's clothing cop. Students who don't get the message could face escalating punishment of up to a 30-day ban on taking part in extracurricular activities. Students upset with the changes because a lot of these kids that have these extreme hairstyles, I'm sure, just really want to hang out more after school. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm sure none of them are involved in any (laughs) extracurricular activity. The students upset with the changes will get at least one last chance to complain. The school board will take a final vote coming up here in a few weeks. So I'm sure that'll make a big difference. Well, now think of this, okay? I mean, young people in in general need some avenue to rebel in, some avenue to to let their energies flow, uh, you know, unrestricted in some fashion. I think they need to show their independence, yes. but the problem is is that they're so stifled in that area. That's so what many... I'm that's what I'm getting at. Is right. is what I'm saying is that without avenues to vent this energy creatively or constructively, they might be left to turn that energy inward and maybe start doing pills in a bathroom. Cutting. In there, you know, or cut, yeah, well, I won't go into cutting, but, but so much, um, you know, like, like smashing up their, their Ritalin and snorting it in a bathroom because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, a lot of them are probably on these, these medications that the government feels they ought to be on. Sure. And uh, so now they're using, you know, different methods to relieve this sort of energy and looking for other ways that, that they can get their sort of fix of being an independent person. And this might lead to other unforeseen consequences that are far more devastating than... Force always does. I mean, I think you're absolutely right about that. Anytime you use aggression, you can expect you're going to have unforeseen consequences. Your thoughts are welcome at 855-450-FREE. Maybe you're currently in the government school system and you can relate to us some of your experiences with these absurdities because it's certainly not just the Florida schools that are doing nonsense like this. Uh, But really, if you're a parent, and your child is in government school, please do whatever you can to get them out. Not only because they'll restrict their freedom to express themselves creatively with their own bodies or their clothes that they uh, they wear, but also because their freedom to think will be inhibited, their freedom to right. learn what they want will be inhibited, and, and, this and is, they will be indoctrinated to believe in the state. I think this is the uh, the, the biggest point as far as this goes. Is I really I, many of these fashions bother me. I don't like don't like them. They they bug me. I don't want to see them. Agreed. I get where Arr. these guys are coming from. Yeah, yeah, fine. Well, you're totally entitled to it. Right. I I do not want to see young males walking around with no underpants with their uh, you know butt crack showing and their pants halfway down. Um, you know, showing off th- that stuff. Usually, That's, they do have the box 
boxers on, from what I understand. That's the yeah. old style. I've seen it without, and it's mm. it's awful. I mean, your pubes sticking at the top, right over their, uh, their the, the button of, of their Yummy. pants. It's it's weird, as far as I'm concerned, and completely <laughs> unacceptable behavior. I was walking around at Porkfest like that. Well, <laughs> probably stoned out of your mind, too. But I think that the, the point to be had here is that Young people generally are going to rebel against uh, sort of a, a heavy-handed control. Yes. And if you put this he- kind of heavy-hand control on them, how are they going to rebel when the time comes later that they can do whatever they want? How much time are they going to – whereas it might have been a phase before, JJ, like you said, yes. piercings, uh, tattoos, all these things, they're forever. Yes. You know, it's one thing to have a, a funny haircut and, you know, some clothing that uh, might be unacceptable. It's another thing entirely to get tattoos and all that other stuff. So I think that you'll see people people react. They, you know, they react to stimuli, and mm-hmm. some of them react to this sort of overbearing dominant stimuli. Your thoughts are welcome. 855-450-FREE. Now then, if you want to get your kids out of government school, that's when the options really start to open up. Now, We'd like to see a free market in education. We're nowhere near that happening. But in the meantime, there are still some interesting choices out there as far as how to educate your kids. Now, clearly, there's the homeschooling route, which is probably the most affordable method to uh, to homeschool. You're not paying for the overhead of some building or a staff or anything like that. Uh, the homeschooling is a great way to get kids educated. In fact, some would point out that homeschooling is more effective than even the private schools are at educating kids. Well, and and I just uh, interject one point is that you can you can make your homeschooling very much customized to your child. And you can you right. can understand as a parent you can understand your child's needs very precisely because you live with them and you, and you know them very well and you can adjust for their needs and compensate in various areas to make that schooling that that knowledge more digestible for that child and thus give them an actual education. No more one-size-fits-all government right. procedure, government policy handed down from the feds or the state. Uh, to de- you know, Someone has determined, some great educator has determined what your children will learn as though that's what your children need to learn. As though somebody who's been to college knows exactly how kids are supposed to learn because they're all different. And it's like the government school system doesn't take that into account. It can't. Uh, but, you know, no way it could. The government right. school system attempts to use the economy of scale. They'll take 1,000, 2,000 kids, put them on one campus, put everything centralized, and attempt to make this work. And what they get is, well, what we've got in our government school systems right. Crap. You know, I think that kids are far going to be far better educated in smaller groups, uh, smaller schools that are more specialized to each kid's needs and wants and desires. I, I think the second half to that, Mark, is not only do they cater to, you know, the, the economies of scale, but they, they cater to the lowest common denominator. They, they boil down the education yep. so that it, it meets like their standards and it, it crosses all cross sections of society and is just this basic lump of words. To memorize. Right, it's and, and that and that perpetuates itself. I wouldn't call Which it the I lowest. Hated that, by the way, the memorization stuff in yeah. school, I hated. That. Yeah, there's, there doesn't seem to be much point in it um, in sort of real life. But the lowest common denominator thing, it doesn't quite go to the lowest common Perhaps denominator. Not. It goes to about point two or something like that, and then sure. kicks the the kids underneath that down to another the dumb dumb class, and mm-hmm. then that happens again, and then that happens again. But also, as it goes down, then the year after year progression is. Sort of, uh, you know, dumbing, dumbing, yep. dumbing, uh, because it's a spiral of of dumb dumbness. Yes. Well, one of the big objections that comes up when you when you talk about homeschooling, 
uh, is that people are so acclimated to the government schools. I mean, we all probably went to government school. Mark, you did go to a private school for a period of time. What about you, Jeffrey? I was public school all my life. I was government school my, my whole life as well. And so most people went to government school. And although, of course, a lot of private schools are modeled after, you know, kind of the government school. We're going to send kids to a classroom and they're going to have a teacher and, they're, you know, there's going to be bells and whatever. Um, so... People are acclimated to this, and so when you suggest, well, you could homeschool your kids, a lot of parents will say, well, I'm not a teacher. I, I don't know how to teach. Well, the first I don't... thing they usually say is, what about socialization? I, I think is the, the first thing that people Well, there is that, say. but yeah. clearly that's easy to get over now. I mean, people with homeschooling. <laughs> what is socialization? Learning how to knife fight and cuss in public school? <laughs> you can get together <laughs> with homes, other homeschoolers. No, being made fun of. I can kick my own kid's butt at home. There I don't need go. to send him to school for it if that's what I wanted to do. But what about the, the unschooling method? There's actually a national story about this. Uh, we're going to share some of it with you here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live, Hour 3 next. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes feed the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. The toll-free number is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Do enjoy the features that we give to you there. Those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their websites. Uh, ours is free. You can actually control the content. Not only is it free, but you get to control the site by submitting different uh, items to it. So maybe you find a great YouTube video you think's interesting or news article or a blog post. You submit it as show prep to the freetalklive.com site. Other listeners can then vote as to whether or not they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. So head on over there and get interactive. Now, we were talking, uh, for those of you just tuning in, we're talking about homeschooling, but specifically one version of homeschooling that I find the most fascinating. Because kind of when you think of homeschooling, traditionally, the thought comes to mind of, well, one parent works, the other parent stays home and teaches, right? That the other parent has to do all this work of, you know, figuring out a curriculum and they've got to get a books and they've got to, you know, put together work and they've got to do all this stuff in order to homeschool. And that seems like a really big burden it seems like a really big task uh for a parent especially somebody that you know you don't have training in teaching you don't know what you're doing you feel a little awkward you don't you're not an expert you can't afford uh, you can't afford to to hire an expert so there's this let's be clear here um first off the average person can probably handle kindergarten through sixth grade right Probably. I mean, I, I can't. I just. I don't know. You know, maybe but still, I'm you got to come up with the curriculum. There's like all this work involved. Yep. And I think it can be very intimidating to a parent, especially one who's never heard of unschooling. And CNN is actually reporting on unschooling, specifically the Sudbury style 
unschooling. And it's interesting, this is, is coming up now because it was a, just a couple weeks ago that I was in a local uh, watering hole here in our beautiful Keene, New Hampshire, uh, Vendetta, and uh, was hanging out there. And there's a local guy that's kind of hangs around with uh, some of the liberty activists uh, named Austin. And uh, he was in there with uh, one of his friends from from school, and they were telling me about their their school experience. Mm-hmm. They went to this thing called a Sudbury school, and essentially it's a school for unschooling. It's a place to go where kids can go and un- and be unschooled. And it's it was fascinating what they were saying and how positive their experience was. I mean, they were just glowing and gushing with with positive things to say about this Sudbury school experience. And they had gone to public schools and they had had a tough time there. And, you know, one of them was thrown out of public school and his parents, you know, gave him the chance to go to this this Sudbury school instead. And and that's where he flourished and really got into the things that were interesting to him because that's what unschooling is about. It's about young people being able to direct their own education. Now, it's my understanding the Sudbury School helps facilitate them to some extent, uh, to, you know, and maybe CNN will tell us a little bit more. But this is really how um, – uh, you know, unschooling isn't radical. Unschooling is how people learn. Who's telling you that what you have to learn today? The government. Uh, no, today. You. Who oh, told me you? today? Nobody. Nobody tells you what you have to learn. You decide for yourself, depending on what your interests are, as to what you want to learn. I suppose one can claim that one's boss might – Decide what you want to learn and what you don't. Well, but, I think one's one's job or one's you know, specific role or task, you know, or trade skill, whatever it is, determines what they have to learn. But yes, right. It's like a boss may say, "Well, if you want to be the uh, you know v- executive vice president and start of uh, you know fluffer hammers, you need to learn X, Y, and Z." Sure. At which point you you know it's been laid out for you what you wish to learn, but it's still not a mandate to learn anything. Right. Uh, you can you choose. You can change your job any day you want. You can choose not to go in every day of the week. So um, this is how people learn. They choose what they want to learn. They take, they, they take a crack at it. They'll learn different ways. Unschooling doesn't, by the way, preclude school. Unschooling precludes sort of domination. Uh, and Top down. It's not top down. Right. It's, it's what they call child-directed learning. And there are all kinds of variations and hybrids among this. Some parents let their children run, fl- uh, run free like Indians and do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Indians ran free or not. I'm just saying, you know drawing a picture here and um you know but other parents will you know suggest and and you know guide to some extent you know i with with our with my son we're 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 using the things that he's interested in he's he was all into superheroes two weeks ago now he's into the the cars with the the mater and the the lightning mcqueen and i don't even know if i'm saying anything the cars movie or the cars movie yeah Yeah, i wish it was a i wish it had a name that was more (laughs) descriptive cars isn't really Mm -hmm. descriptive it could, could be talking about anything but yeah he's all into that so we buy him books on those things and we you know you know he's learning to read as a result feeding into the things that he's interested in so that's kind of the facilitating side of things so how does Sudbury do it, though? Six-year-old Karina Ricci doesn't have or ever have a typical day. She has no schedule to follow, no lessons to complete. She spends her time watching TV, doing arts and crafts, or practicing the piano. She learned to spell by emailing with her friends. She uses math concepts while cooking dinner. Everything she knows has been absorbed organically, according to her dad, Dr. Carlo Ricci. He's, uh, she's not just on summer break. This is her life year-round as an at-home unschooler. It's incredible how capable she is, Richie said in a phone interview from his home in Toronto, Ontario. And I think that all young people are that capable. If you don't tell them they can't or they're not allowed, they surprise us in a lot of ways. 
And I think he's absolutely right about that. Young people are, I think, in a lot of cases, they're they're looked at as inferior. Mm-hmm. They're looked at as, well, you don't know anything. You're just so young and uh, you're just incapable of uh, of doing certain things. And I think they're they're underappreciated by people. Well, I think giving the opportunity for, uh, you know, giving a young person an opportunity to figure their own way out of doing things, certain tasks, whatever it may be, instead of locking them into the way that you were taught of doing them, right. maybe maybe they're going to figure out a way to do something or an answer to something that you wouldn't have thought of or that that would just surprise you or or whatever but that part of that creative energy that goes into solving these problems and coming up with their own solutions is what helps define who they are and and it also helps them deal with situations in the future in which they have to make decisions or which they have to overcome certain obstacles yeah problem solving critical right. thinking sure right people believe that there's a right way and there's a wrong way to do things and that you know that may or may not be true there might so, be 30 right ways there might be one right way to do it and and there might not be one right way to do it so you have to consider that a you're wrong and b yes there's a right way to do it and you don't know what the hell it is well did you ever have that in a situation in a government math class where you you know you're told well you didn't get to this the right way you got to the right answer but you didn't show your work i remember that one happened a lot mm-hmm. where you you had to go through the process that the teacher decided was the right, right. process to get the I, answer. i actually had you know in my my government school experience most of my most of my math classes were like that and then i had the the last math class i had as a senior it was advanced placements um like trig or or something you know minor calculus whatever and the, the teacher would give us tests and he it was 10 questions and he would say everybody work together take all your notes everything you have and solve oh. these math questions and, and you as a group can come up with the answers however you derive them you have to show your work as to your your solution but you can you can solve them any way you want, and I thought that, and, and that teacher actually retired the year after I oh, graduated. <laughs> it was very unfortunate, but a lot of the teachers that I had had that sort of that um, that aptitude where they they realize that we can learn better if we're left up to our own devices in mm. some sense, as long as we're given some guidance and some 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 pieces to the puzzle. But that must have been unusually surprising and refreshing. Oh, it was an extremely happened. difficult test. Yeah. It was, they were, we would literally sit together as a classroom in, in someone's home and solve these problems and, and just it would take us hours and hours. Rishi is a professor of alternative learning at Nipissing University and an advocate of unschooling, a concept that's gaining popularity in both Canada and the United States thanks to frustration with the current government education system. In unschooling, the child is in control of his or her learning and they're free to decide what they want to study and when they want to study it. Experts say there are about 2 million homeschooled students in the U.S., and Ricci estimates that 10% adhere to the unschooling ideal. So even within the homeschooling movement, you're talking about a fairly small percentage. That's a lot of people, people. I'd say. Well, it is. I mean, two hundred thousand is a lot of people, but it's only ten percent of the whole homeschooling. And I'd like to point out that you know the first thing that people think about with unschooling is, well, you're not going to get a diploma. And who cares? Well, I'm just. I'd like to. the fact is, uh, you may or may not get a diploma. There are, um, you know, there are organizations that'll get you a piece of paper called a diploma. It's right. not like it matters. But um, you know, the the next thing they're worried about is, well, what about my kid getting into Harvard? And the fact is that unschoolers are welcomed into the major universities around uh, the United States. There's more coming up here. Your thoughts and experiences. Maybe you were homeschooled or are being homeschooled. Eight five five four five zero free. It's Free Talk Live. 
I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we invite you to our website where you can enjoy various features, including archives. So if you've missed a moment of the show, not a big deal. You just go click and download and get as many of them as you want, going all the way back to late 2006, all free at freetalklive.com. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It's a course for people who do have attorneys and need to know what they're, 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 they're up to, too. But it arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know these rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. As a matter of fact, it works in courts around the world. Any of them that use the English common law system, it costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And the four-CD course is so easy, the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. You can visit Jurisdictionary.com and download the free tools they have there for you. There's a free legal flowchart. There's a free legal dictionary, the free videos to watch, a free weekly tips and tactics newsletter, the free official rules of courts for all state, and much, much more completely free. You can buy the course at jurisdictionary.com. And remember, when you do, to use the pull-down menu to check when you check out to let them know that you heard it from Free Talk Live. It's jurisdictionary.com. So we're talking about unschooling, which I think is one of the most fascinating ways of young people to educate or to be educated. In this case, they take control of their own education. They are the ones who are deciding what to learn. They go off and they make choices and they find things that are interesting and they dig into it and they do what people normally do in their lives. And that is pursue what interests them. And guess what? It all works out in the long run. And I think that, you know, a lot of people get very worried about the idea of this unschooling. And I got to say, I was a little concerned with it, too. Here's what made me feel a little better initially. Uh, Not a little better, but, you know, to accept the ideas of unschooling. Now, I can't say I'm entirely on board with the the full fledged um, you know child directed. Talk learning. to one of them, man. It'll blow you away. Uh, well, I do talk. To, I've, t- I've talked to more people about unschooling than you have more uh, longer. Mm-hmm. I can and you're still you. uncertain about it. I'm uncertain about letting kids be completely free with no guidance whatsoever. I, I there think are some it, people amazing. that do that. And what I'm, what I would want to be is a resource and do a certain level of, uh, you know, uh, you know, guidance. What I think the kid needs is the ability to read, the ability to do basic math, and um, you know, to sort of understand the the internet. Uh, but when you think about the rest of these things out there, and I suspect the kid will probably understand the internet better than me. Yeah. In. Three <laughs> But, you know, that, that, these are just the things that, are, that concern me, right? Yeah. Um, and when you think about these other things that you learned, sure, I know the capitals of all 50 states. How valuable is that for me? 
Unless you're a shipping agent. Right. <laughs> I don't know that that's of any value in there either. No, no, probably not. It's trivia. I, most of the stuff that you learn in school, the vast majority of the crap that you learn in school is just not useful. I mean, I took biology one honors. I took chemistry one honors. I took all these things. I do not use these in my daily life. I do, however, know not to put bleach and ammonia together. Uh, this, the, well, one, this is all one, I got. One point I will say about those is that it gives exposure to that sort of yes. field to sure. people that might not not have yes. been exposed and i don't mind exposure but one thing but, but i could learn chemistry today if i wanted to and sure. people are only going to learn the things that they're truly interested in learning and that's why i like the idea of unschooling is because the kids are going to teach themselves about the things that they're interested yeah, in. yeah i'll be honest i don't know a whole lot about this whole unschooling thing i haven't done any research mm-hmm. about it so this well, is, why would you? You have no well, kid. Well, exactly. Let me learn you. Let me learn you some more here. Uh, this from CNN.com, where about ten uh, percent of the two million homeschooled students in the U.S. are adhering to the unschooling ideals. And in addition, there are more than twenty Sudbury schools, which are private institutions that follow the same philosophy. In North America, a new one is set to open in Toronto next fall. The unschooling philosophy is based on an education pioneer, John Holt, who wrote a book in 1964 called "How Children Fail." Put simply, Holt wrote that living is learning, and he believed children should follow their innate curiosity and passions rather than being forced to learn hordes of information that they'll never use. Sudbury Valley staff member Mimsy Sadovsky said, I think our education system as a whole is, to me, in a very delicate and precarious place. It keeps trying to do what it can't do, which is make every child learn everything in the whole wide world. It's like heading toward a cliff. She remembers the terror that she and her husband felt after deciding to enroll their children in the Sudbury Valley School in Framingham, Massachusetts, which is where the I think the two guys I was talking to about their education uh, they attended. This is the Sudbury School. I'm sure is a big departure from what parents are used to, but. Hey, regular public school is a big de- departure from what you did. I remember we didn't get homework until like fourth or fifth grade. Really? They're sending homework home with kindergartners now. Yeah. Well, I think some people just did. a short thing here is that that you know the first time they bought something off the internet, it was a new thing to them. They had some some apprehension about it. Mm-hmm. You know, first time they went to an online store and did something, or the first time they uh, used their cell phone to. Uh, make some transaction or something like that. There's a lot of first-time things that people go through and then realize that we made a big fuss about nothing. Right, especially when they've been indoctrinated their whole lives to believe, well, this is the way it must be done. It's the way I was raised. It has to be like this. Wait, you mean these kids are having more success in a different system? Well... So she said they were uh, ter- terrified. That's the word she uses. It. They, she, they felt terror after enrolling their kids in the Sudbury School. It was 1968, and her son was unhappy with the rules in his government first grade class. But could they entrust a six-year-old with his education? She said, what an enormous risk we were taking. <laughs> By the way, you aren't entrusting a six-year-old with his education. He was already entrusted. No one can educate you. You have to you be willing to. Are the yeah. only one who can educate you. So, uh, you know the, the what the what the public school is doing is attempting to force education. If they're successful, what they've managed to do is kill some some of the child's will. Sure. Yeah. Is sure. that what you want? Of course not. Sadowski said, thinking back, what an enormous risk we were taking with our children's lives. You're told to take care of your children, that schools will give them a good education, and then suddenly you're turning it around. But turns out her kids flourished and are examples of unschooling success. One is a mathematician, one is a software coordinator turned jam entrepreneur, and the third is a geologist. A jam entrepreneur? Someone who makes jam. 
Oh, like the spread. Okay, I think <laughs> uh, software coordinator jam. I, I, I see the connection. They yeah, have, right. and I think this is true of Sudbury alumni in general. An incredible sense of who they are and how they work, and confidence in their abilities. And not isn't th- this the most important thing? You know, I am not some pliable little piece of clay. I am an individual, and I am going to work best in certain environments. I need to be able to know that. Not that they know everything, but they know how to find what they need. Now this. This is something they go over something here that I was told by these guys that went to the Sudbury School, which just blew me away. Sudbury schools are democratically run. Now, democracy is one thing when it's forced upon you, oh, but it's yeah. another thing entirely when it's a consensual act. We can right. we can enter into democratic agreements where we can make decisions. I have uh, no problem with, with democratic another. agreements when one isn't bound by it. That's what uh, you know. If if one has the option of leaving leaving that that particular group, if we if we decide you JJ and I decide that we're going to have dinner this evening you guys vote on uh you know chinese food and i vote pizza it, you know it's fine if um you know i go ahead and go with chinese food because you two voted that and be easier than me going out and getting pizza on my own every student at the sudbury school and every employee has one vote whatever their age so the new student that's six years old has the same vote as the administrator of the school mm. and they can actually hire and fire teachers it's incredible. Wow. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number for you is 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you in the studio tonight is Ian. JJ. And Mark. We invite you to our website as well at freetalklive.com. You can go there and get interactive. The bulletin board system allows you to interact with other Free Talk Live listeners, and it's completely free. So go to bbs.freetalklive.com to do that. If you've got a website, you know how important it is for people to visit your site, whether it's better results in search engines or advertising or just getting your message out. You need all the hits you can get. Mobsterhits.com is going to make you an offer you can't refuse. It's a family-friendly web traffic exchange, ftl.mobsterhits.com. They can, we can riddle your site full of views, and you can even make some money by joining the family as an associate. Sign up for free at ftl.mobsterhits.com now. You get a free one-month upgrade if you sign up now. Listeners with liberty-oriented sites can get anywhere from 1,000 to 10,000 hits for free. There's all kinds of bonuses. Uh, you know, while you, If you participate in this limited-time offer, I can't even rattle them all off. But find out all the details at ftl.mobsterhits.com. 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. We're talking about unschooling. I think it's absolutely fascinating, and it's especially interesting listening to people relate their stories, especially if they've been through unschooling, as to uh, what it was like. And I, I had the opportunity to talk to a couple of guys who went to an unschooling place, because you don't have to necessarily do it. school. <laughs> right, an unschooling school, which that seems a little um, 
well, confusing, but uh, but it works with the Sudbury School because they actually, as you were ex- explaining here at the CNN.com article, Sudbury Schools are democratically run, meaning every student and employee has one vote, whatever their age. The only rules are set by the student body and can be changed by a majority. So there is no administrator handing down diktats. There's no school dress code coming down from a school board. There's nothing that is being it's it's completely decentralized the decision making process here i would say to some uh, decentralized certainly but to some extent i would i would think that uh, adults would be able to sort of make you know make their case and be a little stronger More than one persuasive vote. Yeah. one vote per person mark yep. the the staff gets a vote each staff member gets a vote each child gets a vote the seniors get the same vote as the you know kindergartners and that's how decisions are made in fact what i was being told by these guys that actually went to one of these schools is that well it's an unschooling place so you don't really have teachers. You've got like maybe facilitators or they'll bring in like an expert to to uh, to relay information if the kids decide, for instance, that they want to learn karate or something like that. Obviously, that's something where you will need somebody who knows what they're doing to yeah, come in. You can't learn that on your own. Right. An instructor, not a right. teacher. An instructor. So they, for instance, they would get applications from teachers who wanted to get involved at at this school. And, of course, a lot of these teachers are stuck in this government school paradigm. They're coming from government schools. And so you'd have basically the kids interview the teachers. So a teacher would, would put in an application to work at the school, and they'd come in and be interviewed by the students. It's got to be stunning. And this alone for the teachers, you know, in the – Kind of this government school mindset, top-down control teacher. They're those types of teachers, right, at the government school. These people don't know what the hell to do. I mean, they're being interviewed by the kids. They they, they just can't even process. Right. They're, they're used to what's controlling happening. the kids, not being right. controlled by the kids. So basically, the kids will come at it from this perspective of what can you offer us that we can't already do on our own. We're already learning without you. So what is it that you can bring to the table as an instructor that's going to be worth hiring you? And they, a lot of these teachers can't – whatever their answers are, they're just not sufficient. They just don't hire most of the people that, that come in there and try to get jobs at the Sudbury School. Like hmm. they're too stuck in their old ways. They're too stuck in the old paradigm of the government school top-down, I-tell-you-what's-important mentality. And these kids are just like, you're out of here. It's incredible. Yeah, you know, I mean, um, it, it seems to me that uh, when you're talking about teachers in a lot of schools, a lot of teachers, uh, you know, they're 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 qualified to to follow the rules and what the administrators say and administer the tests that they're told to. They're, they may or may not be stunning and stellar teachers. Right. They're given a book. They're told to teach out of this book, and then the book has tests and homework, and they they administrate that, basically. And, uh, you know, it seems to me that mostly school gets in the way of kids learning, not yeah. facilitates the kids learning. So, you know, it's it's very difficult to quantify how teachers uh, pass, you know, pass or fail, how they, they do well, because, well, you know, w- what, are, what are we trying to teach? Well, what the teacher says. Well, I guess they're successful in doing that. Who knows? The overlying theme of the Sudbury School is respect for yourself, others, and their property. It's taken more seriously, students say, because you're judged by your peers instead of an authority figure. 
classes are offered. It's hard to fool your peers, by the way. Mm. And in this way, because kids are given a position of authority, they'll grow into that authority. They'll act in in a fashion rather than being the the the, the nasty little minions of uh, you know teachers in public schools. They have to they have to act with authority. They they are responsible authority so, over their own lives, over their well, own lives and, and the lives of others. Frankly, also if they're not if they, if they haven't grown up in a culture of being told what to do all the time and always being ordered around, mm-hmm. then I think they'll probably be less likely to be that way when they're in control, when they have authority. I would think you're right about that because it wouldn't be the cycle of abuse for them. That's right. Uh, the overlying theme here, classes are offered to them, but not mandatory. There are certifications that are required to use equipment such as sharp cooking utensils. That makes sense, right? There are no grades. Staff members often don't have a teaching background. They're simply there to guide students in their individual pursuits. It's this lack of structure that has child psychiatrists and Harvard medical professor Stephen Schulzman concerned. He says teaching is really hard. It's really hard. I bet a te- he's a teacher? Uh, yes. He's a Harvard so, professor. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I don't just think that anybody can sit down and help a child achieve their educational goals and needs. You have to be educated like me if you That's want right. to be able to educate. <laughs> so, so, you know, maybe this is true when you're talking about, uh, you know, some, I, I, I don't know, astrophysics or something like that. that but this may be true. But well, mostly, this is like interviewing a dinosaur about astrophysics. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what he's I, I think that there's uh, there's areas uh, there, there are better and worse people to learn everything from. But mostly what school and I'm talking about primary and secondary school provide you with mostly you can get that out of life you learn how to read you learn how to do math you could graduate from my high school by having what they called consumer math consumer math didn't do anything more complicated than division addition subtraction multiplication and division was it mostly about handling handling money wasn't it there was a lot of that, yeah. um, and that was the, the the single highest thing you needed to do to get this certificate called a diploma. Now, I'm not saying that I didn't learn more than that, but I really question the value of my trigonometry that I learned in high school, too, just like you. I took this pre-calc thing. Sure. And I, you know, sines, cosines, tangents, these things haven't been flying at me in life, right? <laughs> well, what it, the hell is those just, just to be fair, I mean, I went on to, to, to be a computer programmer in college, which I dropped out of, and that stuff was very handy Okay, for that. that's great. I but mean, not everybody's a programmer, and not, every, you know, not everybody's using that. It's a very finite and small group of people that actually use that sort of... Mathematics. Kids, kids decide what they want to do in life. They change those decisions. They're going to learn things and um, you know targeted at what they were what, you know what they wanted to do. They'll find you know I wanted to be an archaeologist because I like uh, dinosaurs. Turns out I hate being in the sun. You know, and, and mm. you know they'll they'll go off and they'll they'll decide. You know what? I'd much rather be an architect and. You know, maybe architectures for them. Maybe it's not. They decide they, you know, whatever, and they move on. They do different things. They'll learn fine. That's what kids do. Kids learn. Mm-hmm. It's interesting listening to this uh, government school indoctrinated educator commenting on uns- unschooling. He continues to blather on. There's something wonderful about the idea of just letting kids be kids, focusing on what they like, can do, or passionate about. The only thing is, they also live in the world. And the world is going to need things from them. I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that kids are being kids in this unschooling and Sudbury thing. I really don't. I think 
that that you know what what society wants from kids is to be kids what kids want is to grow into functional adults if you want to use that term i mean adults are such children i don't even like to use the term True. but they, they want to be functioning beings they want to achieve more and achieve more that's what a kid is yeah and of course the government schools uh, wipe that desire for for more yeah, nothing can out. kill learning like government are you moving to new hampshire for the free state project Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Enough time for you and your thoughts if you make the call now to 1-855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. JJ. And Mark. And we'll continue with the unschooling discussion here in moments. How big is the debt crisis, really? Prepare to be dumbfounded. Go to learnliberty.com slash FTL and see Anthony Davies' explanation of the magnitude of the U.S. debt. It's a little over a minute long, and it's stupefying. You must see it. When you are there, check out the Learn Liberty Academy link. It's on the right-hand side of the page. It's a course for people who want free online continuing education and economics. I've started the course. I'm enjoying it. I think you'll enjoy it, too. But you've got to see this video by Anthony Davies. It's learnliberty.com slash FTL. They're not going to teach you this stuff in a government school classroom, that's for sure. Uh, So we're talking about unschooling here, and the Sudbury schools are the focus of a CNN.com report where they've been talking about the, you know, interviewing folks from the Sudbury school and kids and parents and and how it's just people are blown away by how intelligent and capable the kids are that are going to these Sudbury schools or and or involved in unschooling, because that's what Sudbury schools do, is they just allow kids to pursue their own interests basically and there's some facilitation involved but there's no actual you know curriculum there's no uh, grades in fact the kids themselves actually get to hire and fire the staff members of the school so it's an incredible experience uh, for a young person but of course the educational uh, act the world of academia is concerned and they've you know brought in some self-styled expert a Harvard medical professor Stephen Schlossman who is talking about how he believes that uh, the only thing is these kids they live in the world and the world is going to need things from them. Oh, do you mean like obedience, tax dollars? That's right. Uh, those kinds of is that what you mean? Uh, you know, kind of plug in, fill in a role, and be a cog in the society. Is that what you mean by that? To be you know obedient little serfs. I I wonder what in fact he does mean when he uh, it says the world's going to need things from them, and what the public school system provides that this sort of Sudbury school or unschooling would not provide because i just i feel like when public school when the the graduates of public school on average 20% of them are functionally illiterate and when you take just certain school uh you know districts and stuff you'll find as high as 40% are functionally illiterate how much worse could possibly any other form of education be right well and part of the the issue at hand is 
is this this concept that I've talked about when when conveying ideas to people, and it's it's the idea like you're you're trying to convince someone of the ideas of liberty, or you're trying to persuade them, and you don't want to say something, you don't want to get an argument. You don't want to challenge the person because at that point they're defensive and their ability to learn and to accept more knowledge or data is limited at that point. Their mindset has changed. They're now thinking of ways to defend themselves from what you're saying or to to change the situation. The same thing is like the, the, the child situation. You put them in that school in Florida and you, you give them all these regulations. You can't have your hair like this. You can't wear your clothes like this. Mm-hmm. You can't be an individual. And they're just being assaulted. And, and then their, their ability to, to think in a, a cognitive manner and to rationalize and create concepts within their mind is, them, is limited because they're, they're being attacked. They're being attacked barrage, by sure. the system. Whereas it sounds like this, this other schooling, this unschooling method, is, is just the opposite, where you're not sending you know different demands of this person at them and orders and well that's what he's saying dictate to answer your question mark about what public schools can provide that the Sudbury school or the unschooling method doesn't is structure that's what this guy is arguing for here he's saying that here's his next quote he says that uh, I would say we could stand and would probably do better with less structure in education but the flip side of that though is that there has to be a middle ground so he's saying there has to be something some sort of structure that is imposed upon these kids by structure he means uh, you know like (laughs) forming them to think and and act the way he wants them to because otherwise he says you end up with a potential chaos taking the place of maximum learning so wait a second (laughs) are these Sudbury schools chaos that's what he's trying to have you believe is that it's chaos. To I mean, these things have been to... around for four decades. Yeah. Show me the chaos. Have, have, <laughs> I mean, is this? Are they having massacres at these schools? Interestingly, the yeah, uh, interesting phone calls to the National Education Association, the teachers' union, for comment on unschooling were not returned. Ben Locke, 21, says there's no reason to worry. Locke entered Sudbury Valley as a teen, feeling isolated and unhappy in his public high school. He said it was a radical idea, and I'm certain at the time when I made the transition, none of us knew exactly what I was getting into. He spent most of his first year at Sudbury Valley playing video games. Then he discovered the music room across the hall. Eventually, he became comfortable enough to spend hours chatting with other students in the common room. And this addresses something that uh, that I was talking to the guys from the Sudbury School about in person, about the issue of well you're coming out of a of a public school so what happens to the you know the like the lazy teen who is uh, coming out of the public school and he's told all right now you can do whatever you want so what what happens what is the process and the way they described it was initially you get a, a scene where the the new kid just kicks uh, you know you know kicks around does nothing like this guy said here plays video games yep. just you know goofs off and does nothing and then they realize that around them there's all this bustling activity of these kids learning and going going about finding things that are interesting to them and, and doing things that are interesting to them and all this guy's doing is sitting there playing video games and then he starts to ask kids you know well what is, what are you doing over there what what are you up to and you know begin socializing with these kids that are actually learning and are engaged in in pro, you know productive uh, more productive manners of, of things and uh, and so just being around those other kids is what encourages them to get out of that slump and start to uh, to to self direct what says it's all for me is these sudbury students that say that this was great for them, that they really flourished there, that it was wonderful when they use these positive adjectives. Who uses those positive adjectives to describe 
public high school. School sucks, man. Uh, teachers. <laughs> yes. I don't think Who they teach do either. Public high school. I don't think they do. <laughs> he says the conversation in the Sudbury School is radically different than in public schools. There's no age segregation. There's no time limit. We would have a wide variety of topics. Remember how when you were in school, it was like the seniors versus the, you know, everybody else or the, you know, the freshmen would get picked on. There was this big age discrimination and discrepancy. He's, here, they're all in together. Uh, he says we would have a wide variety of topics, some of them totally lewd and some of them more deep and philosophical. Unschooling advocate and another former SVS student, Freya Sargent, says that even seemingly aimless activities like this have a purpose. They lead kids to discover new interests. She said a lot of ex- uh, parents express concern that my kid's going to end up doing nothing and that may be true for a certain amount of time but we as a species are very curious and we have this innate need to learn people may sit around for a while but then they get bored and they want to be involved she is now studying or excuse me the other student is now studying neuroscience at harvard university a passion he developed after wondering how many or how music translates across cultures Approximately 90% of Sudbury Valley's graduates go on to college, compared with 69% of graduates from the government education system and those opposed to unschooling often say students will have trouble adapting to the real world when confronted with grades, tests, or working 9 to 5 under an authority figure. But Molly Morningstar isn't worried. The 19-year-old pre-med student at Hampshire College in Massachusetts said the freedom she found at SVS didn't teach her to avoid work. It taught her to work hard at whatever she enjoyed. She said, freedom's a funny word. The structure of being a doctor is freedom in a sense because it's what you choose to do with your life. I feel like I'm a very free person right now, but I still work as a barista at a cafe 30 hours per week. It's more about taking charge of your time rather than choosing to do nothing. So that's the piece from CNN.com. And I have to say, overwhelmingly, I think, positive towards unschooling, which is refreshing to see out of the mainstream media. Yeah, I I, I don't, you know, everything I've heard about unschooling, they try to say, well, you know, this could be bad, but they don't have... They don't have the evidence, right? right. The, they, those people are the ones that aren't involved in unschooling. You know, those are the ones that are on the outside looking in. Those are weird kids over there. They're not following the normal <laughs> structures. And we need more control. Yeah. Well, I, I think, admittedly, there's structure within these Sudbury schools. I mean, there's no way to say that. They're... You don't have to show up at any point of time. You can come in, leave whenever you want. I mean, really, the only structure is what the kids agree to as far as the rules that they That's create. That's the structure. Is it's sort of this, you know, this this community peer peer pressure kind of thing. And I think that's great. I yeah. think that there's no way to deny that humans are sort of gregarious beasts. They love uh, community. They like to be together. They, uh, you know, they 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 function that way. So if you can use that in order to get people excited, and it's just it, it, it's a great example. The kid that uh, was in regular public high school sees an opportunity to sit down and play, uh, you know, uh, video games all day long. And then Wow, he's interested in what this kid's doing or that kid's doing, and, and that that lures him out, teaches him that he can direct his own learning. When I was talking to these guys from the Sudbury School, I asked them, you know, what does it cost to start one of these things up? And they seem to think it wouldn't be very expensive to start one. So I think that would be great for you know, like the liberty activists, the people that are here to do the homeschooling thing in New Hampshire. I don't have kids, so it's not really something I can run with. But uh, it would be really cool to have a Sudbury school or more than one of them in New Hampshire to attract more people and get them the hell out of this government school system. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com.